1: Hi, welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. We're rotating CEO, host, challenge you're thinking about life and work. I'm John Phillips, your host for today, and I'm really glad you joined us. We have a great show planned for you. We'll be talking with Stephen Garner, technology specialist and business consultant, about how you can help your business with technology. I believe that many of you business owners and entrepreneurs will benefit a great deal from this show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll learn a lot, but before we get started, I wanted to remind you, Call or email TheMentorsRadio.com. We want to hear your questions and concerns. It's very important to us. We want to help answer your questions. We want to learn what information you're looking for so that we can provide guests and content that will help you grow your business. So if you can go on TheMentorsRadio.com, send us an email, ask a question, we would sure like to hear from you. That's MentorsRadio.com. Way back in 1992, I was hired to help a stained glass studio grow their business. Although I was a young man with no real business experience, I had grown up in my father's stained glass business, which was a much larger company than the company that hired me. But the owner gave me a chance. I took the ball and ran. This owner, like many entrepreneurs, was not a very good businessman. He did not know the product well. He was not organized. He was underfunded. And did I say not organized? <laughs> he had no systems in place. The employees ran rogue. This was a perfect example of the tail wagging the dog. The one thing he did have, though, was vision and try. As I jumped knee deep into this business, the first glaring issue I saw was that they could not produce bids to clients with any efficiency. At that time, they may produce two proposals per week it was very laborious and painstaking on top of that they used a word processor in one person's computer this was not a system that was repeatable it too was unorganized I immediately recognized the importance of correcting that problem if we could not complete proposals it limited ourselves and above that the content of our proposals were not professional and exposed the company it exposed the company legally I also knew that the owner was underfunded and needed to promote his products through manufacturer's reps, but those reps are not very knowledgeable about stained glass, so I knew that the proposal had to do a lot of the selling, educating of the customer, as well as protect it, protect the company. I knew it had to be standard and allow the people, allow the employees, not allow the employees to run rogue. It would be the basis of this entire company's success. This was clearly the first system he absolutely needed to put in place to grow. At the time, I knew nothing about technology and computers. But I had seen another company in an org- that had an organization for their proposals. And it spawned my ideas of what a powerful, good proposal system could be. I told the owner of that business my thoughts and being the visionary he was he said I think I know a guy and he set up a meeting I could not meet during the days as I was very busy fixing the company that had that had hired me but this guy agreed to meet me after hours so the meeting was set in walks a guy about 530 in the evening in his middle 30s with long hair and a funny accent at first glance I thought this was going to be a waste of time, but when we sat down, I told him my ideas. He immediately understood and started to expand on it. He asked me to explain the business from start to end very specifically. He wanted to know how the information flew from lead to project completion, even about accounting, a lot of information just about how to type a proposal. I answered his questions and he challenged every thought. It got me to expand and explain the operations of how this business should operate and what I envisioned for it. Some ideas I had and he supported, but often challenged me. His challenges led me to even better solutions. This guy was not just a computer guy. This guy was truly a consultant, a business information master. The meeting was so inspiring that we went directly to work. In fact, this first meeting lasted 23 straight hours and it spawned the first bidding software for our unique industry in those hours we also formed what has now been a 30-year friendship and business relationship that is one of the biggest reasons for my business success i hope that today's show helps you find and understand that you need a tech guide to make an overview of your business and propose an encompassing solution for your business challenges and growth today this guest is my friend, technology mentor, business advisor, Stephen Garner. Although we come from different sides of the world, view everything in between differently, he has challenged me and me him to come up with solutions to have that have helped our business grow. The first proposal system is long gone, but the current version is amazing, and the root system is affecting every aspect of our business, as well as other businesses business owner who originally introduced us is still around not someone i have always agreed with but someone who i will never that i will forever appreciate for this accidental contribution to my career by introducing me to stephen garner stephen garner is a technology specialist in open source systems originally from new zealand where he was a national account manager for apple computer back in 1984 introduction of the mac steve immigrated to the US and has consulted to many businesses, analyzing and integrating their information systems. He has founded a municipal fiber optic provider in the Midwest in 1996 pioneering the deployment of optical internet. Since that time Steve has assisted many businesses in digitizing their information and migrate their system to open source cloud-based technologies. This is the focus through his focus on open source systems, Steve has helped organize organizations contain their costs with customized solutions that have industrial strength and reliability. Stephen, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, John. Great to be here.
1: Boy, that was pretty nice introduction on you though, wasn't it, Steve? I bet that you yeah. didn't expect that from me. I
2: think that's <laughs> the nicest that anybody's ever said anything
1: about <laughs> uh,
2: And. And what I really want to know is uh, what I really want to be able to do is to still grow my hair like that. that uh, <laughs> uh, I'm bald these days.
1: So. Yeah, that's the biggest change that's happened in those last 30 years was the, was both of our hair. Um, yes. Steve. Thank you, John. From New Zealand. <laughs> we got 30 seconds left here, so I'm going to have to close this up. When we get back, I want to hear a little bit about your background and see how a guy from New Zealand came to the U.S. and started changing businesses. We need to take a short break. You're listening to The Mentors. We're speaking with Stephen Garner, technology specialist, and when we return, Stephen will help you get some solutions for your business. See you after the break.
3: My health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org
4: imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work no commute no traffic you set your own hours full-time or part-time your choice supplement your income replace your income it's up to you Openacan.com can help you get there these aren't empty promises when katherine a popular hairstylist back east became ill and needed different work She became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to HopeInACan.com. That's HopeInACan.com. HopeInACan.com.
5: Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at WilletHauser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willet Hauser artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. WilletHauser.com. And now, back to the mentors, where
0: remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Hi, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio, where CEO hosts challenge your thinking about life and work. Remember, you can send us a note, find show notes, podcasts, and links to our sponsors, all for free at TheMentorsRadio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host for today. We're talking with Stephen Garner, a information and technology specialist who helps small businesses improve and support their information, their flow of information. Steve, right before the break, in my long-winded introduction, I wanted to ask you to tell my listeners how this tall drink of water from the other side of the planet, New Zealand that is, got here. Physics major, and then you end up in computers in Iowa.
2: I did. I, uh, I was working for Apple in New Zealand, as you mentioned, and uh, it was one of those situations where you just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I was very fortunate to have a lot of connections um with the right people at that time and uh uh they connected me with the earliest days of the uh, graphical user interface this is before Microsoft ever created Windows or anything like that and um it I I could just see the the power that it was going to be able to give the business owner to leverage information systems in a way that was dramatically usable Um, back then you know most computing was done with CRT screens that had you know amber or green writing on them and there was no cut copy and paste there was no mouse there was none of the things we take for granted today and you know that even with those technologies it was outstanding productivity Uh, but the future was being made very clear to me with this introduction of the new technologies. And uh, I came over here, my wife at the time was a teacher of transcendental meditation. We moved to Iowa which is where she wanted to teach and uh, we uh, I had made some contacts from New Zealand with some businesses here in Iowa and uh, um, none of those contacts ended up working out but as life goes, I ended up making contacts with a lot of other local businesses that really changed my life in some very powerful ways. We, um, One of the companies was a, a leading, um, leading national photography company that back in the day was, was doing photos of marathons, weddings all across the U.S. And they had teams of hundreds or even thousands of photographers out there taking photos, sending the film canisters in by Federal Express overnight, uh, processing the films, doing the proofs, um, sending out the proofs back by Federal Express to the various athletes and wedding um, participants. And uh, I told them, I said, you know, within five years, you're not going to be doing that. That's not going to be your business model. Your business model is going to be using a digital camera. It's going to be Sending the photos in by by email from digital camera wherever you're at, um, processing them onto a web page and sending out email links to the to the uh, customer prospects that way, and they they just thought I was um, just smoking some kind of weird substance or something because they uh, <laughs> they they said that's just not possible and it was actually it was actually less than three years later they were doing exactly that. And uh, and they were one of the founding customers that we installed a local fiber optic network to uh, to support their business, their business growth.
1: I think one thing that's been very interesting about my relationship with Steve is not only does he know how to get, you know, do websites and apps and databases and, you know, uh, maintain computers and help set them up systems and all that stuff. But he stays abreast of what's coming down the pike and he has very early on like he did for that particular company let him know what was going to be happening in five years and you know he's right sometimes we're wondering what he's smoking but i will tell you over the last 30 years uh, he stayed abreast of that he stayed on top of the technology he doesn't bother me with the stuff i don't need to know but as part of being a consultant and a manager of our business he uh you know, he sorts through that and kind of sees the vision and it's been incredibly helpful. And well, there's been many in the next segment, we're going to get to tell you about a story of, of somebody that he came into. Um, and that'll be, that'll be quite interesting. But Steven, you come into these businesses and you know, everybody out there that's in, that's most people out there that are in in small businesses are just terrified of technology. Me, I mean myself, I think I was a little bit different. It kind of intrigued me and I'd learned and spent a lot of time learning and put a lot of effort. And of course I had the ability to work side by side with you so much and ask questions and, and, and it just you know, it was kinda of like going to college. But a lot of these people come out there and, and they just they're so fearful of it. And we're in a business climate now where you have to have technology. It's supporting, it's making so much money if you're if you're not embracing technology, you're going to fall behind the curve, you're going to lose your business, you're not going to make money, and you're going to become obsolete. How do you, when, when they find somebody like you, you can take them down that path. I mean, has this been your experience? What are you doing to help these people, um, you know, become more comfortable and ask the questions and and embrace technology?
2: Well, really, John, it's a matter of, of translating one language to another, you know, you you have the business businessman on the one hand, who understands the the business challenge, the business model, and on the other hand, you've got a a technologist, a programmer, typically, who understands how to write code, doesn't understand anything about the business model, and these two individuals are talking completely different languages, and it, usually, when they when they meet, they you know, the business person, as you say, has a lot of fear of the technology and the, t- and the and the programmer. What what the business person doesn't understand is how much fear the programmer has of the business person. <laughs> and really, you know, in a lot of these situations, it's very valuable to have somebody in the middle who can who can understand both both cases. And I think that um, you know, my my fortunate position was that I was like I say, I was in the right place at the right time early on in my career to to learn a lot about entrepreneurial business situations firsthand, and at the same time, learn, learn the um, underpinnings of, of technology and programming and systems integration. And so, you know, I've done a lot of programming myself, I've done a lot of entrepreneurial startups myself, but I think one of the most valuable things is being able to work with um, business, business leaders that have a vision of what they want to do business-wise, and know they need the technology, but have no way of knowing how to talk to the programmers in a way that's constructive or or uh, forward-moving. And in those situations, I think I can add a lot of value by uh, putting out a roadmap, a technology roadmap that that will serve both parties well.
1: You know, that first night that our, we had our 23-hour meeting that was supposed to be 45 minutes, um, and I think my wife's still mad at me for never coming home that night and working that not. that long, but it's okay. It wasn't the first time I worked all night and all day. Um, what was most interesting about that is I never was challenged as much by someone to tell them about my business. I mean, you made me sit down and we literally almost in charts and notes drew up what happened You know, how do we advertise? How does that advertising turn into leads when that person calls in or emails in or sends a mail, a card in or, or whatever, where does that go next? And then from there, who handles it and what do they do with it next? And then they go out and they produce a proposal. Then they send it back into the business. And then how does that proposal get processed? And then does it get sent out by federal express or UPS or by mail? Every little episode of our business, you sat there and asked me about in more depth than I ever really thought of it before, and it was inspiring. And I'm sitting there during this night, and I'm thinking, this guy's supposed to just be building this proposal system. Why are we getting involved into all these little things? But after the break, i want to i want to I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, But we do need to take a short break now. You're listening to The Mentors. We're speaking with Stephen Garner, technology specialist. We'll talk more with Steve when we return. Remember, you can visit us on the web at TheMentorsRadio.com. We'll see you after the break. Hi, I'm John Phillips. I'm one of the three CEO mentors for The Mentors Radio Show. This week has been a very interesting week. On Monday, my wife Mary and I decided that we were going to do what we could to help the victims of Harvey. My team and many helpers loaded a truck on Tuesday morning in Arizona, and we immediately left and drove. We've had several flat tires along the way, have a lot of interaction with people, giving us goodwill and helping us get our journey. Yesterday, we finally made it to Montgomery, Texas, with my good friend Dominic Sargiato of All-American Security Alarms where we were able to deliver the goods right into the hands of the people that get to use them. The help of others has been amazing. If you get a chance, please follow us at TheMentorsRadio.com. Our journey is posted and documented with a lot of video. It's pretty interesting to see the good that people are doing for each other. Again, that's TheMentorsRadio.com. TheMentorsRadio.com. Look forward to seeing you.
6: All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest growing Catholic organizations with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work in witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org.
3: Attention salespeople, are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.MinutesToSales.com and sign up for my free webinar hello I'm Jeff and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way and that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better but for some reason I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way I couldn't even close the door so to speak but all that changed when I cracked the code since then I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio. We're CEO hosts, your thinking about life and work. Remember, you can send us a note, find show notes, podcasts, and links to sponsors all all for free at our website, TheMentorsRadio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host for today, and we're talking with Steve Garner, information and business specialist. Right before the break, I was talking about the first meeting I had with Steve, how we got so in-depth on every aspect of my business, how he challenged me to go into everything, the complete flow of business. And I remember often thinking during that meeting, why is this guy that we're having build a, type out some proposals, asking me all this, what's he going to do, be my competitor? (laughs) And uh, the result was amazing to me. I have to say that from that first meeting, I now fully get the vision. It's only taken me 30 years. I'm just not really that smart, but took me 30 years and I see it. And we're now left with a package that does everything from integrate our bulk mailings, emailings. It's our, uh, customs relationship manager, produce a proposal, houses our pictures and photos of our projects completion, as well as our library photos, it supports the crews in the field, the measurements, the material orders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is not a unique experience for you though, Steve, is it?
2: No, I mean it 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 sounds complicated, but actually it's really simple. Um any organization has is is a system that has inputs and outputs and usually, you know, a lot of businesses are run where there's a lot of different information inputs from things like orders from customers or or inquiries from customers um suggestions from salespeople, people, et cetera, um, right through the sales process to support and follow up and, uh, and uh, warranty repairs and things like that. And all of these things are information points that constitute an information map of the business. And it doesn't matter what the business is. It could be a service business, it could be a manufacturing business, it could be a lawyer's office, it could be whatever. It has an information map and what was equally fulfilling for me on that, on that occasion, John, was that, you know, I, I was asking you detailed questions about your information, map, and what was fulfilling is that you knew the answers. And quite often I will sit down with a business person and ask them about their business, and they've really got no clue. You know, they're struggling to figure out things on an ad hoc basis every day, and every day is a, a, a different cluster, you know, and, and you had always had very clearly a, an involvement in this business through, you know, through your parents and through your own development that you had clarity of what you wanted the business to be doing, what you wanted the business inputs to be, what you wanted the outputs to be. You had a very clear vision of what the best version of your business was. And the challenge for you was how to make it so and so it was actually for me it was a very simple situation of putting connecting all those dots that you had very clearly organized in your own thinking into an information map that basically then laid out the program design of what we ended up imp- implementing and uh, from there on the the coding was the easy part it was the information map itself is usually the hardest part and there's usually parts in the map that make no sense to a to either a consultant or a programmer. And it's because usually they're kind of foreign to the business person themselves. And you had a very deep familiarity with every aspect of your business from sales, through production, through, um, you know, the and I believe every aspect you, of construction.
1: I believe your questioning helped that quite a bit. I remember the first exercise that you gave me and I've seen you do this several times, but, is basically get all the forms that are used in the business and print them all out and set them down in front of you. And then you sit there, and and I I forget the exact amount of forms that we had with that particular business, but it was probably something like 43 or something, if I remember right.
2: (laughs) It was a lot.
1: It was a lot. And you started going through there and taking those 43 things and realizing that how can we condense this into one, but still have every bit of information? And if I'm not mistaken, and see if you remember it correctly, we went from forty three to two pieces of paper because yeah, there was so much du- like yeah, so much duplicated duplicated information that was just being you know we were just generating paper, I mean killing trees um, right. for absolutely no reason. The amount of inefficiency that was involved in that. And plus, when you have that many forms and that much information flowing in all different directions, not only does it take time it's in not being efficient, but it also raises the potential for errors. It's harder to train people to understand it because now instead of training them on two people or two pieces of paper, you're training them for 43, which over my career has made me come to just hate spreadsheets. I despise them because everybody wants to do something. and Immediately, they start a new spreadsheet. When we did the merger um, of the studios and we, we acquired Willard Hauser, every computer had their own set of spreadsheets and material on them. And it was so wasteful. And we had to unravel all that mess. And we've had to expand our database and the system that you produce for us um, to handle some new information we need, but you know, software has always got the next version and we just started adding little things very systematically and into the approach and, and approached it that way, just a little bit at a time. It was easy to teach. And now we're left with a system that works. They open up a browser. They don't have to upgrade software. Originally, this started using a program called FileMaker and we had to keep using different versions. And now we were able to, um, You know, have one that's browser-based, so we don't have that creation. I realized that, um, you know, this is something that a lot of companies can learn a great deal from, is just do that little exercise, you know, the next day you're in the office, have them print out every form and bring them to your desk and take a look at them and just see the amount of it. The other thing that you told me a great deal about that I thought was just amazing was make everything an operating manual. I mean, start with this is how you answer the phone. This is how you take a lead. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. I still have aspirations and we're not quite there that we can take that oper- operating manual and include it to that piece of software so that throughout the process, it's reminding our people, it's being a resource, you know, a little help menu. How do you fill out this lead card? It pops up and there it, and there it is. Um, but just incredibly helpful, and for you to open that up to us in that way of thinking. And if people can think about it like that, write down everything. Have every employee take a note of what they're doing, write notes of how they do their job. You can create that operation manual, which makes it easier to train, hire new people, expand, etc. But I'm sorry that again, I was long winded. It's so exciting because of what Steve has taught me. But we're coming up on another break here, and uh, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the Mentors Radio. We're speaking with Stephen Garner, an information specialist. After the break, I want Steve to talk about a project that he did in Iowa with a radio personality, Jeffrey Headquest, and how he worked with him. Because it's a much, much, very unique business. So, again, you're listening to the Mentors Radio, and we'll see you after the break.
7: In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why.
5: This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained-glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched
3: to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. SamaritanMinistries.org.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Hi, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio. Remember to visit us on the web at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. Ask a question, drop us a note. We would love to hear from you. Again, that's TheMentorsRadio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host today, and we're talking with Steve Garner. We've been talking with Steve about, actually I've been doing most of the talking today, but I was telling you about all the things that Steve taught me right before the break. We talked about the operations manual and the little exercise we did with getting information. Steve, I thought it would be fun uh, and I've always thought this was interesting and of course I've got to witness uh, quite a bit of it when I was living in Iowa. You'd worked with HeadQuest Productions, Jeffrey HeadQuest, who's now became a very good friend, but he was a older man. Did you hear that Jeffrey, older man? Um <laughs> who had absolutely less probably less technical skill than anybody I've ever met, and I got to watch quite a bit of you interact with him and take a very unique business and basically make a database that helped him. Tell us about that
2: yeah well again, it was a business that had very clear information map of of inputs and outputs in his case he was a he was a um, an an audio designer did, did a lot of voiceover work uh he's actually the keynote speaker for the radio advertising bureau quite a quite the man in the radio industry very highly regarded and uh and he had a lot of voice talent um that worked for him and and all of his voice talent when i met him back in the 80s was organized on uh, three inch by five inch index cards and uh be all this, you know, not just their contact information, but qualities of their voice, you know, that they could do these kinds of impersonations or these kinds of um, accents, or, et cetera. And, and so we, we talked about all of this and, and came up with an information design that categorized all of his voice talent in categories that could be kind of universal and easily searchable. And so we created a database to put all this in and got some kids out to do all the data entry. And the, before we knew it, we had an online system that could suddenly move his business ahead as well. And I think in, in both cases, Johnny, with it, with a stained glass situation that we talked about and with Jeffrey's situation in, in radio, it's all about leverage. You know, when you're dealing with pieces of paper, there's only so many pieces of paper you can move around in a day. And you talked about how, in the stained glass situation, there was, I think there was two proposals a week they were generating on a word processor when you when you first came to the business. And um, and I said, well, how many do you want to generate? And you said, well, hundreds a week. You know, I'd like to, like we We've reached that, by the way. Yes. And and I said, well, Johnny, a hundred of anything a week is is called a database. And and I think that's the the key realization that a lot of business people don't have is that they, they deal with these incremental numbers of things and they accumulate to a substantial body of work. And that body of work is pretty much always some kind of database. And that database needs to be organized, it needs to be indexed, it needs to be broken down into categories that can be searched, easily maintained. And, uh, like you say, you can create systems that are independent of the people involved, um, where the system itself is what runs the business. And that's what I love about you know these big franchises, like you know, take McDonald's or Burger King or any one of the big successful food franchises. You know they're they're not so it's not about making a burger. It's about making a business. And so you look at their systems and you, as a customer, you know, you walk up to the counter and it's like, hi, welcome to McDonald's. How may I help you? And, you know, you think, oh, that's polite, you know, but you don't realize that it's right there on page 42 of the operations manual. That's what they're required to say. And and I think this is the key about making any business independent of the entrepreneur or independent of the key people in the business is you've got to define the systems so that anybody can be trained how to follow them. And that's what obviously McDonald's and the other franchises do so well. And really, you've, you've done that now with your own business. You know, you've got it in a situation where you took a company that had some very, very old retiring people in it, and you have basically employed a whole new population of people, pretty much all under the age of 35, that that are are building this new business from scratch doing uh, doing better quality work than anybody's ever done in the industry because the systems are in place. And I, I think that's a real reflection of your understanding of, of what's involved.
1: Well, I think it's a good thing for a business owner to do. I mean, they, it, what's amazing to me is just how the people, once they see the system and start to understand it, just help it grow and just... I mean, it becomes their crutch. I mean, it becomes what they're confident in. The more they know the system, the more they work with it, they expand it. And we have, you know, we do tweak it all the time, as you know. We, You know, you you, talk, you get your re, your programming team on several things. Some things come up that end up being things that we want to do, and we actually add and make improvements. I would say probably those are one out of ten ideas. Probably... Uh, the rest of them, a lot of them are not really needed because the system does not and it becomes more training or maybe it's a slight tweak or maybe it's a, a something about the feel where it's at, you know, so that it's more uh, user friendly. But uh, I just, I can't, I can't say enough about it. You also, uh, you know, you, I was listening to you talk about being able to search that talent database and now we've been doing this with our library with these Tag clouds that you've been implementing and all this open source stuff, um, you know, you also were doing Jeffries with sound files and things too, and right. um, exactly, yeah. Tell us a little bit about about that.
2: Well, in his case, he he produced a lot of radio commercials. Many of them were award winning. He had Clio awards and all that, and uh, and and every one of those commercials needs to be indexed and tagged you know like um okay we did a radio commercial something to do with pizza back in you know 1995 um and and you know they'll have a script for it they'll have uh they'll have the voice talent for it and all of that all of that information is is in a database where you can search through it and the customer might come back years later and say hey we want to uh we want to do another campaign like that pizza campaign you did for us on the radio. And uh, he may not even remember it. You know, the guy does right. so many radio commercials all the time.
1: Well, I think uh, one thing that was interesting is, and we've got to go to a break here for in a second, but one thing that was information that you taught me with these databases is there's many ways to access that. It's not just about the the, the commercial, but it's about... The company that purchased it, the contact that was there, his assistant contact. So there's these multi levels of people that all relate to this one piece of information, which was that commercial.
2: And yeah, I think it's really important. A lot of a lot of contact management systems will will let you have you know one contact person and the company they're in.
1: Steve, hold and that thought. I need to go to a a break right now. We're talking with Stephen Garner. You're listening to the Mentors radio and if you can stick with us steve will continue talking about database i also wanted to talk to you about how that expands to websites and uh and apps so you're listening to the mentorsradio.com we'll see you after the break I'm John Phillips. I'm one of the three CEO mentors for the Mentors Radio Show. This week has been a very interesting week. On Monday, my wife Mary and I decided that we were going to do what we could to help the victims of Harvey. My team and many helpers loaded a truck on Tuesday morning in Arizona, and we immediately left and drove. We've had several flat tires along the way, have a lot of interaction with people, giving us goodwill and helping us get our journey. Yesterday, we finally made it to Montgomery, Texas, with my good friend Dominic Sargiato of All-American Security Alarms, where we were able to deliver the goods right into the hands of the people that get to use them. The help of others has been amazing. If you get a chance, please follow us at TheMentorsRadio.com. Our journey is posted and documented with a lot of video. It's pretty interesting to see the good that people are doing for each other. Again, that's TheMentorsRadio.com. TheMentorsRadio.com. Look forward to seeing you.
7: In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why.
4: Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. HopeInACan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the HopeInACan team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Hi, welcome back. You're listening to the Mentors Radio. We're CEO hosts challenge your thinking about life and work. Remember, you can send us a note, find show notes and podcasts, and links to sponsors all for free at thementorsradio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host. We're talking with Steve Garner, an information specialist for small business. Steve, before the break, we were talking about databases and how they work, multiple points of contacts. Um, and I think what's pretty interesting is you have carried this database style through to the websites where where clients uh visitors are actually entering information for us
2: yes definitely um quite often uh customers are 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 wanting to give feedback um hopefully all of it positive sometimes not. Um, and you know some of the best testimonials you'll ever get are are is with the feedback that people will give on a website about a job that's been done and uh, I know in your own business we've used a lot of customer testimonials um, up on your various websites that uh, that really speak loudly about about your company and about the people that you employ um, and one one of the things I was going to mention about the the contact management is that a lot of people try and run a business off of a contact manager, you know, that's that's based around an email program or, or something that's featherlight. And, and it's really essential to keep a track of relationships. And, you know, one of the things, talking about Jeffrey Hedquist earlier, one of the things that he really taught me years ago, decades ago, was how... Um, People move, you know, they move from from one company from one employer to another, from one radio station to another in his case, or from one advertising agency to another. Quite often one voice talent will work for many different agencies. Um, so you it's not a matter of having, you know, Joe Blow and his employer in a database. It's a matter of having Joe and all of the organizations that he's being connected with His title in all of those organizations, which might be different, and being able to keep a track of all those relationships, so that um, down the road you might you lose track of him, and you can follow up with the uh, a different organization than the one that you're calling. And and this is this is being very powerful with industries like in your own industry with stained glass. Obviously, a lot of people in congregations of churches around the country. That's not the only thing they do you know being being in charge of the building committee at a church is is somebody's job or somebody's responsibility in a church but usually you know they're a, they're a person who's a leading person in their own community they've got a job somewhere and it's quite often useful to keep a track of that relationship as well so it's these kinds of nuances of information management that really give you the leadership edge of of uh, of, of being able to take the information to the next level and, and get the leveraged result that you get.
1: Steve, there's so much, I mean, we're running out of time here, but there's so much that I would like to talk with you about. Hopefully you'll come back on the show again. Uh, we'd like to talk more about how you integrate websites. Uh, we, you know, personally we used our proposal system. You know, that one guy that sat there getting fax copies or mailed copies of, of notes to prepare those proposals now has, doesn't exist anymore he's replaced with an iPad and and those sales are out there directly doing this information taking pictures putting it into the proposal system taking the photos putting them into the database all with the iPad and then all we have to do is spot check them and process them to the next one and we've actually alleviated that level of information we've also made it more accurate but we um, you know, Steve, where can people get a hold of you? Just Would you like them just to contact us through the website if they've got more questions from you? Or is They'd there a great. website? That would be terrific. Okay. So if you have any more questions for Steve, uh, come visit our website at thementorsradio.com and send us a question. Um, we appreciate you being on the show, Steve. Uh been very insightful. Thank you for listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm your mentor host for today, John Phillips. We've been talking with Steve Garner. Thank you. About how to help your business with its flow of information. You can find podcast show notes and more at mentorsradio.com. That's mentorsradio.com. Coming up, your CEO, mentor, host Tom Laurie and Rick Brutico will be bringing you more great topics about how to grow your business. You don't want to miss a single episode. Find us online at mentorsradio.com. And remember, be all that you can be and keep a candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness.